Hey, it is a day to celebrate our elders and our deacons who step forward to, to serve, to, to share their unique giftedness and lead our congregation with faith, hope, and love. We're so thankful for them. Each of them have unique gifts, and they're going to share those gifts and help us as we seek to accomplish the mission that God has called us to of inviting all people to build an active relationship with Jesus Christ. And they're going to share their, their unique gifts with energy, imagination, intelligence, and love. That was one of the questions they answered. And each are blessed and will be a blessing to us. At the same time, we are all called to serve. We are all called to share our unique gifts to help others encounter the living God, encounter God's grace and mercy in and through their lives, as we have. And I don't doubt there's anyone among us that doubts that when we say yes to Jesus, we say yes to following Him. We say yes to a with God life. And naturally, there are times when we wonder when God calls us, what did I get myself into? I hear elders and deacons say that occasionally. And that's normal. But there are times after our initial response of, yes, I'm following you, Lord, we might drift slowly into, well, I'll follow you, but not that far. And over time, you and I, and the church, We've learned to protect ourselves from getting too close to God because He might call us into deeper faith. Might be beyond what we signed up for, beyond our level of trust, way past our capacity to hope, way past where we can trust our deeper water of faith than we could ever have imagined. And here's the good news. Jesus knew that we would face these types of things and struggle with this. And, and Luke records a scene in his account of Jesus' life and times where this very thing happens. And, and Jesus provides a window of what happens when we push out into deeper water of faith. It comes out of the gospel according to Luke. I'm going to read to you out of chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gethsemane, that's the Sea of Galilee, which is a freshwater lake, and the crowd was pressing on him to hear the word of the Lord, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let your nets down for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When he had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But then Simon and Peter saw it, and he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. 
And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you'll be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Here's some images that may help us as we imagine the scene where Jesus is walking along the shores and he enters this this town, this, this village, and it's becoming a norm for him now. He has moving from city to city, from town to town, and now he's taking his preaching outside along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. On this particular occasion, he's at a harbor that's filled with the smells of fish and the scenes of nets and, and fish and, and people and commerce. In fact, when I toured this area years ago, I visited a church that is built in honor of this place and this moment. And inside this beautiful church, they have uh, a cascading view of, of the Sea of Galilee, these big bay windows. But front and center is this boat A wooden boat is the pulpit, and there was a barrier that kept tourists away. I was a tourist. I went through that barrier and asked for forgiveness later, and I struck a dramatic pose. There I am preaching from Peter's boat along the Sea of Galilee. Man, that was cool. I love that scene, and I I love that boat, and I've asked our elders to think about it, maybe, (laughs) up here. Wouldn't that be cool? The crowds were pressing on Jesus, and he starts to walk back. (laughs) He feels the water on his ankles, right? He says, i got to improvise here. So he steps into Peter's boat. He says, Peter, push out a little further from the shore. Peter... He needs his help. Jesus needs Peter's help. Will you help me? And Peter agrees. Yes, I'll help you. And he holds the boat steady there along the shore of the Sea of Galilee with the oars. While Jesus continues to preach. When the sermon is over, he turns to Peter, who had been fishing the entire night before. Push out into deeper water, Peter. I like to fish. Some of you like to fish. My dad would take us fishing. I've taken my kids fishing. We've gone out on uh, charter boats uh, out of some of the harbors here near us, and we've gone out. And and one of the things, one of the most discouraging things that can happen to a fisherman or a group of fishermen or fisherwomen is to be out there all day long and to come back with nothing to be skunked, nothing to show for it, exhausted, defeated, overwhelmed. I think we've all felt that in some measure in our lives over the last two years, exhausted, defeated, overwhelmed. A good friend of mine, a pastor, Reverend Steve Wirth, he's We've worked together at our presbytery and served on committees together. He shared an article with me and a group of others the other day about a pastor who was tired 
and exhausted from all the worries of the world today. He had grown weary and frustrated, toiling with little results to show for it, perhaps much like Peter did after a long night of fishing with nothing to show for it. Well, it just so happened, this depleted pastor bumped into an 87-year-old man. And the 87-year-old man was talking to him about life, having lived through polio, diphtheria, Vietnam War, civil rights protests, and many other things that this country and this world has faced, and yet still seemed to be excited about life smile on his face, and there was a glow in his eyes. The weary pastor didn't really understand. He said to the 87-year-old man, these last few years, 2020, 2021, must have just been especially difficult for you. The man looked back at the pastor, straight in the eyes, and smiled, said, no. No, I've learned to a long time ago, not to see the world through the headlines, the printed headlines. I see the world through the, the people that are, surround, that, has, that are surrounding me. I see the world through my church. I see the world through the ability, the capacity that we have to love. So I chose to begin to write my own headlines. Family drops everything to come to see grandma. Husband loves wife today. He patted the pastor on the hand. Old man makes a new friend today. Come on, I I, I like that story. I shudder to think if Peter, what the headlines would have been if Peter said, To Jesus, I'm too tired, I'm too depleted, I am not going out deeper, I don't have the energy, I don't have the imagination, I don't have the intelligence, I don't have the love to push out in the deeper water. What would have become of his friends, of his community, of the church? But thank God he agreed to go, maybe with a bit of a scowl on his face, produced from... (laughs) With a grumbling under his breath, I'll show that land-loving rabbi just how wrong he is. He might know how to preach, but does he know how to fish? Time to humble him. Well, we all know what happened in the story. They let down their nets. There's no other way to describe it. Net-bursting, boat-sinking jackpot. And the abundance had to be shared calls his colleagues. I was told that the sound of our voice over water travels seven times faster than over land. They hear it, and they come. But I think we can all relate to Peter's first response to Jesus, the pushback. We've all fished all night, and I have nothing Why should we expect anything different? Stuck in the empty nets of a fixed reality. Like Peter, there's always the threat that we grow numb 
and the neatly divided worldviews that we have and fixed realities of empty nets, what is possible and what is not. And like Peter, we may may be only able to see the limited capacity, the shortage of resources, the daunting tasks, the messiness of life. And like Peter, we fall into the weariness that siphons off our hope and our joy and our love and our trust. But that's not where Peter, that Jesus leaves Peter, nor where Jesus will leave this church or leave you or me. It always comes with an opportunity to make new headlines, living out God's purposes in our life together. Likewise, when Jesus bids us to deeper water, it's not, hey, come over here, and I'll tell you what to do when you go out there. No, he says, I'm coming with you. I'm with you, and we're going to go to deeper water together. I don't know the issues and the people that God is going to bring into your life this next week or the things that you're dealing with in your own life, putting out in front of you. But I do know you have great gifts. And with great gifts comes great responsibilities. And I know you have talent. And with talent comes great opportunities and great possibilities. What's more, when Jesus makes that request, it's genuine. I need your help, Peter. I need your help, church. We've got a lot of fishing to do. Some of the headlines that I've heard and seen in and through this congregation the last few weeks Man joins a life group to study the Bible with other men. Junior high leaders' commitment is unwavering. Congregation prepares calming kits for each classroom in a local elementary school. Congregation steps into deep water of faith with a bold ministry budget for 2022. Mom bakes cookies for Northeast of the Well, helping women recover from human trafficking. I don't know why I'm getting all emotional. TPC impacts children's lives and the lives of the families by building a preschool. TPC marches on with audacious hope, finishing off these buildings that God has blessed us with, the Building by Faith campaign, playing bingo together on March 11th. We are the church, gifted and talented, blessed by people. And we are being called into deep water faith, and we don't know what's going to happen when we get out there, but we're with Jesus And we're with our faithful Savior. And maybe sometimes we feel like Peter. And we fall down on our knees and say, get away from me, God. Get away from me, Jesus. I I can't handle this. Jesus says, do not be afraid, Peter. Do not be afraid, church. I'm with you. 
This is our story of faith. This is our story where God reminds us just how much he loves us and just how much he is with us every step of the way, bidding us into deep water faith. And what sustains us is this table. What sustains us in our life together is this table that he has provided for us. He gathered the disciples on the night that he was going to be betrayed Knowing that, he washes all of their feet. And at the end of their washing of the feet, Leanna steps in. Reminds us that Jesus took the bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Whenever you eat of this, remember me. Friends, you do have a fellowship cup, and if you don't, there's one there in the entryway. But let's remember that Jesus is the bread of life. In the same way, he took the cup at the end of the meal, He said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, remember me. As a sign of our unity, dear friends, let's take the cup together. Dear friends, whenever we eat of the bread and drink of the cup, we together proclaim the birth and the life and the death of our risen Lord until he comes again. Amen. As we were just reminded through this message of hope and faith, this communion table reminds each one of us of God's invitation to a deeper faith life with him. That this table sustains us. This table strengthens us. And this table reminds us of God's generosity Friends, thank you for your faithful generosity of your time and your talents and your financial resources that you so faithfully give. Now is an opportunity for all of us to respond. A time to give. There's offering plates as you leave or you can give online. But it's an opportunity to join what God is doing in and through this church by the power of his Holy Spirit. Let's pray and offer this to him, this offering. God, thank you for the reminder through communion of your sacrificial love, your steadfast love for each one of us. And God, we pray that you will give us courage to give, to grow in a deeper faith with you. And God, that these offerings will be multiplied and used Lord, for your glory to shine your light locally in our community and throughout the world for your kingdom and for all of us to continue following you and listening to your call. In Jesus' name, amen.